Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Wednesday the 14th of July. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Big news this morning is the US inflation rate. It is up to 5.4%. That's quite a bit more than what economists were expecting. 4.9% was the expectation. This is US consumer price inflation for June. And of course, this is important because if inflation in America really takes off and the US Federal Reserve, the most powerful central bank in the world, starts putting up interest rates quickly, then that will flow through to us. And that would um, have quite an impact also on global financial markets because for a long time, people have expected interest rates to stay low. And right now, the US Federal Reserve is still printing 120 billion US dollars a month to buy government bonds and pump cash into the global economy. So everyone's watching the US inflation numbers and they were hotter than expected, in large part because of shortages of used cars. Used car prices rose 10.5% in one month in June. And also various logistics issues have pushed up uh, prices along supply chains. This is obviously linked to the COVID disruptions. The key thing, is this temporary or is it embedding some sort of 1970s style wage and price spiral? That's what a lot of people are worried about. Well, they certainly were in March when the US 10-year government bond yield rose to 1.77%. That's the one that everyone watches closely. However, in recent months, those inflationistas, the people worried about those wage price spirals, have actually been put back in their box because inflation expectations in the financial markets globally are relatively low. In fact, have been falling for the last two or three months. That's because people are having a closer look at whether that inflation will become permanent, if you like, and realizing that uh, not much has really changed in the world other than what's happening with COVID and that uh, those ships and those containers, those factories, those workers, which have driven prices down for the last 20 years, they haven't gone away. They're just reorganizing themselves. And in a couple of years, things will be back to normal. Uh, well, sort of normal. Um, the question is, will that drive inflation through the rest of the world economy? Certainly asset price inflation is absolutely crazy. And you can see another example of that today later in the uh, Dawn Chorus, um, in the email, a, um, a spot for a white bait fishing on the West Coast was just sold for $60,000. I suspect that's um, slightly more than some of the houses sold on, on the West Coast, although house prices too are going particularly crazy. Thing to watch out for on the monetary policy interest rate front is what the Reserve Bank does this afternoon at two o'clock. It comes out with its um, in-between uh, decision, which is where they just put out a statement. There's no press conference and there's no fresh forecasts. And so that is um, something to keep an eye on. No one's expecting a rate hike today, but they will be looking for indications of what the Reserve Bank will do. And at the moment, economists here and financial markets are quite worried about inflation. They see it rising to 3% by the end of this year. Now, they are also saying that the Reserve Bank needs to move quickly to um, shut down this inflation before it gets going, even though the Reserve Bank has previously said they also see it as temporary. And now we have economists expecting rate hikes from November onwards. In fact, one or two are even saying it could happen in August. So watch out for that at uh, 2 p.m. My view is that um, 
deflation hasn't gone away. Those factories and containers and workers are still there. Also, we have the app economy now, which we didn't have in the 1970s, which is driving deflation through the services sector, which employs 60% of people in the New Zealand economy and about the same in the rest of the developed world. And um, you've also got um, very weak labour unions in most parts of the world and certainly in New Zealand. And the rise of these work platforms, which effectively effectively globalises the labour force in a way that we certainly didn't see in the 1970s. Right. What else is happening? Well, inflation and asset prices. And if you're in Wellington, as I am now, looking out at a slightly sunny day, I'm looking out on a housing market where house price inflation in the last year was over 46%. And if you're listening to this from Palmerston North and you own a home, you should be breaking out the champagne every day because house price inflation in Palmerston North, according to the Real Estate Institute's latest house price index for the year to the end of June, house price inflation in Palmerston North 61.2%. Outside of um, Auckland, we've had house price inflation averaging over 10% for the last five years. And in fact, when you do the numbers, you can work out that outside of Auckland, house prices are now doubling every six years. This is not just a crisis, it's a catastrophe. And What was seen as a crisis by Jacinda Ardern in 2017 when she um, uh, tried to get elected and was successful is that uh, house prices have risen another 50% since she said that and are currently rising outside of Auckland, so it's not just an Auckland issue, at a rate which means house prices double every six years. Unfortunately, that's unlikely to change much anytime soon because she has ruled out a capital gains tax in her political lifetime and has ruled out a wealth tax uh, in this current term. Also, the government is refusing to do the very, very big and heavy infrastructure and housing investment that will be needed to make a real difference there. And also, um, you know, a lot of the structural changes in the industry to get a lot of supply in quickly are just not there. And we are likely to see a return of significant migration once the borders open. The question is how long that takes. My current view is that um, you're unlikely to see the borders open properly where people don't need to go through MIQ and we don't have all sorts of restrictions essentially because of MIQ. I don't see those borders opening properly until late in 2023, more like 2024 now. That's what I'm hearing from people in the aviation industry. And when you think about it, that's um, that's reasonable when you consider that um, we have are stuck with the elimination strategy and we very much liked we'll continue to do that not necessarily because uh, that's what businesses want because they want something different but because that's what voters want the surveys and the focus groups the government watches show that more than 50 percent want very hard lockdowns and in fact almost 50 percent want to close the bubble with australia So the politics of this for the government are to remain locked down for as long as possible. It also helps the government um, in its attempt to avoid having a real debate and taking some hard decisions on migration. So far, the government is saying that it wants to tighten the migration settings and um, go cold turkey, if you like, on cheap foreign workers. And uh, the finance minister, Grant Robertson, sort of repeated that again yesterday, but he also said 
that the government wouldn't go from one extreme, i.e. letting in a lot of uh, temporary workers, to the other extreme, letting in not many. And he said the government wanted to continue to work with uh, people um, in business to try and solve their skill shortages. My view is that the government is not really committed to a very strict tightening of those migration settings. The political pain from businesses wanting lots of uh, workers to come in from overseas will be so great that they will ease up in whatever form they can. And uh, despite what we um, hear from a couple of ministers here and there, I don't think that the Prime Minister, for example, who has a very sort of cosmopolitan urban view of the world, which is that um, uh, uh, lots of people from lots of different places coming in should be welcomed in, and uh, we shouldn't discriminate against people from overseas. It's just a pity that the government's policies around migrant abuse and, of course, um, reuniting um, migrant families uh, and the likes are not quite as kind as many people would hope, um, but uh, that's the current view. Now, what else is um, happening today that you should keep an eye on? Interestingly, from Electric Kiwi, the independent um, electricity retailer, it's written a letter, or the CEO has, to Megan Woods, the energy minister, basically saying that the electricity market, the wholesale electricity market, in which they buy power off and then sell on to customers, is completely broken. And in fact, they're now going to reduce their investment in New Zealand and look to expand in Australia. That's because wholesale prices have trebled in the last 18 months. And those independent retailers have been basically locked out and shut down. And we're now back to the usual uh, Gen Taylor model. This is not new. And we had an electricity price review in 2018 where lots of um, these problems were identified and suggestions were given to the government. And we have, haven't actually seen much progress on that at all. The basic conflict the government has is that it owns 51% of three of the biggest power gen tailors. And despite calls for a breakup, i.e. Um, uh, generators would be separated from retailers, um, we haven't seen any progress there at all. And um, this is going to become, I think, a political problem for the government in a couple of different ways. A, uh, consumers are now going to see um, even higher prices because the competition that had suppressed price inflation over the last four or five years has pretty much gone. Uh, and secondly, a lot of um, businesses that are more connected to wholesale prices, um, they are um, really doing it tough. And we're seeing some of these factories uh, and big users start to shut down. The sorts of complaints we'll see from um, big, big um, users of electricity will continue to grow. And of course, the Climate Change Commission uh, in its um, forecast is relying on a 30% fall in wholesale electricity prices to encourage people to switch from petrol-powered vehicles to electric-powered vehicles. And uh, a lot of people will be reluctant to do that when power prices are so high. And also, the lack of competition and innovation in the sector is really going to hold back the um, hope of getting to 100% um, or close to it renewable electricity by 2030, which is a big part of the plan to get to carbon zero by 2050. So um, that's not great news for consumers. It's great news for shareholders because that's another competitor um, out of the way. And of course, they've got these wholesale power prices at record highs. And uh, if they are selling onto the market at that level, they're doing really, really well. And that, of course, includes the government. Um, a real conflict of interest there. 
Now, uh, what else should we watch out for um, over the next couple of days? Uh, Friday is the big day for us when we get our consumer price inflation figures, which are likely to show around 2.8% annual inflation, according to The Economist, after looking at food price and rent price numbers out yesterday. Uh, rents, the flow measure, which is the most recent um, measure of rents uh, registered in the last year or so, that shows annual price inflation for rents of about 4.9%. And last month, uh, the seasonally adjusted fruit and veggies prices, so this takes out the effects of winter, they rose 8.5% in the month of June from the month of May, although overall food prices, um, particularly once you take into account groceries, are still below 3%. So again, um, this debate about whether inflation is breaking out and whether we need higher interest rates is continuing on. My view, of course, is that the Reserve Bank should be very cautious about pulling the trigger too quickly. We've done that twice before in 2019 and 2014-15. And we still don't know if this spike in prices because of COVID is only because of COVID and whether it will be somehow permanent and create some sort of a wage price spiral. My view is it won't. The inflationistas are worried about it. And uh, if it does happen, then that's going to cause financial instability. And of course, higher interest rates uh, makes asset price inflation less attractive. I am Bernard Hickey. That was slightly later, but hopefully juicy dawn chorus for Wednesday the 14th of July on the Kaka.